it's been a super long time since I actually like done an episode. Um, you know, I'm still a junior in high school. I'm like battling through those AP classes. I'm pretty sure you can understand the struggle. Um, fun times, fun times. Um, but more importantly, today I have a very, very special guest. Today I'm speaking with Isabella, um, who's a part of the Bridging Seas Youth Organization. Um, Bridging Seas aims to unify the Asian diaspora um, by creating a platform for students to embrace their roots and different lifestyles. Um, thank you so much for being here today. Yeah, of course. Uh, I'm really yeah, excited yeah. to talk more about our program. Um, so we mainly feature like this pen pal program where we connect students from around the world globally with students from like America and they'll be paired with a partner in a different country who share like similar interests and goals. And despite coming from different backgrounds, you know, living in completely different places, the pair will share the same ethnicity and culture. And this is a common ground for students who wish to catch a glimpse of their culture through like a friend, their age. Uh, and to learn more about us and our mission, be sure to follow our social media at Seas on Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, or Facebook. Wait, that's so cute. I didn't even know you guys did that. I'm literally going to sign up for that. Wait, is it like on your Instagram or something? Yeah, we're still working on the pen pal program. Yeah. We haven't really launched yeah. it officially, but we mm -hmm. are always looking um, for people to join our team to um, oh. launch this pen pal program. Mm -hmm. Wait, I'm literally going to like sign up for that. So like, make sure you remind me. That sounds so cool. I would love to do that. Um, so yeah, I was like super glad when you guys reached out because I've never like interacted or like partnered with the community or organization that strives to empower Asians and stuff of that matter. So what you're doing really hits close to home. So really appreciate that. Um, so I wanted to ask you, um, how did you start your organization and like what primarily inspired you? Yeah, so me and my fellow co-founders, uh, we really wanted to create some sort of initiative that uh, really educates people about Asian culture. And we thought of this idea around like April, which was when um, the anti-Asian hate crimes were really spiking. And we are all from New York City. We're based in New York City. So yeah, a lot of the, it was, the trend was really, it was going up. A lot of crimes were yeah, happening and like, because of that, we realized how important it was to sort of connect um, Asian people around the world and make them mm -hmm. like just create a platform for people to learn about um, different experiences and be like embrace their identity because um, because of these hate crimes, it was really hard to like go outside and we were like really scared for our lives because um, you could get attacked just for being Asian American for looking a certain mm -hmm. type of way. So I feel like bridging siege this the pen pal program really allows you to embrace your identity you know be proud of right. being Asian um and yeah that was one of the inspirations for this program yeah so um I actually live in Los Angeles California um I don't think the hate crimes were that bad at least not in the area where I was living in but I know like I heard on the news like it was super bad in New York I actually visited New York um during summer break um, yeah, my dad was like so iffy about even going because he was just like, dude, the Asian hate crimes are so bad. And like, you know, I'm obviously Asian. Like, it's, I feel so bad that I have to hear that you were so scared to even like leave your house. And, and like, you know, the fact that, like, the fact that you're telling me this, like, it kind of makes me like sad and almost like, like, this is like the country and the society that we're kind of living in. And that really sucks. And I thank you guys so much for like starting this organization. And it kind of opened my eyes, like when the Asian hate crimes kind of started, like, wow, like we were super divided as a nation. And it was just kind of really eye-opening to see that. I was going to ask you about 
um, the Asian hate crimes, actually. But um, do you have more about this, more to say about that? Uh, have you ever experienced like Asian discrimination um, personally? Yeah, personally, um, I haven't experienced it to like the extent of a hate crime where like my mm-hmm. own physical like safety was endangered. Um, right. But I feel like in like growing up Asian American in New York City, I've experienced more on like a micro level through microaggressions. Um, right. Because yeah. I feel like in New York City, it's pretty diverse. A lot of people mm-hmm. from different yeah. areas of the world, different races, different genders. So people here are pretty liberal and open-minded. And mm-hmm. especially for me, I've grown up in ethnic enclaves throughout my whole life, like communities that are predominantly Asian American. So going to like elementary, middle school, high school, even my high school is like 70% Asian. I've been surrounded yeah. by people that really like look like me, a lot of Asian mm-hmm. Americans. So I never really felt like I was out of place. I've felt like pretty accepted, even though I haven't experienced like discrimination mm-hmm. to that extent. I still yeah. real like there are still microaggressions that I've experienced that shape my view on racism like not just happening to me but to my parents to other Asian people I see on the streets um Mm -hmm. some examples are like maybe stereotypes especially with people thinking oh Asian Americans they have to act a certain way they have to be smart they Mm -hmm. have to be good at math and when you don't live up to the when you don't live up to those expectations it really Mm -hmm. uh you kind of question your identity like am I supposed to be this model Asian person, or am I not like, do I not fit these standards? And I feel like mm-hmm. that's really detrimental way of thinking. And it's definitely not the person's fault. I think it's society that kind of like, like promotes this kind of thinking. For sure. Mm-hmm. And even, even like when my parents, like they are immigrants, right? They came here mm-hmm. when they were teenagers or even young, like young adults, they came pretty late. So their English is not that good and they speak with an accent. And the way that people like treat them because they have this accent, like they immediately think, okay, this person is not as intelligent or they're not as capable because they can't speak English well. And it's so Mm -hmm. obvious. I see people like their faces change when my parents talk to them, their tone changes. And it's just really heartbreaking. Like you see Mm -hmm. it on this micro level. And I think that's the main problem because it's on like these subtle hints and people Mm -hmm. don't take them seriously. Like I feel like my parents, it has happened so much that they've just yeah. gotten used to it, right? And oh. that like continues the problem because mm-hmm. people are not realizing that mm. these microaggressions are serious. And I think yeah. that's how racism like continues, like for sure in the future. Yeah, I was actually so glad you mentioned microaggressions because I was actually going to mention that. Um, but it's so great that you mentioned that because I think that, you know, even Asian hate crimes is such a big deal. So are microaggressions because I feel like microaggressions kind of normalize racism in some way. It makes it like a casual thing. Like you can just mention it in a conversation and then it's okay. Um, I, I think freshman year, um, I, I was actually struggling with school and stuff. And someone told me like, oh, you have straight A's like because you're Asian. And, you know, like... It's sometimes like, I get it, like, you know, it's like a joke mm-hmm. or whatever, but sometimes it can, I can feel a little pressuring because then it's just like, you know, I don't have straight A's. Yeah. Like I have to live up to this standard. And I think that's the problem with these microaggressions, mm-hmm. even though they're so minimal yeah. and so subtle, they can like make an impact and definitely made an impact mm-hmm. on me at some point. So I was so happy you mentioned that. So thank you so much for bringing that up. Yeah. Um, so thank you for giving your insight on that. Um, I know that was a little touchy yeah. for the subject, you know, talking about the Asian hate crimes. Um, but um, even though it may be a little sensitive to talk about it, I think it's super important that we bring attention to it. Um, so yeah, I really enjoy that we're having this conversation. Um, 
I also wanted to switch gears a little bit and talk about your experiences like being Asian and living in an Asian household, which a lot of people may have different opinions on it. So I kind of want to hear yours. Um, like, tell me about your personal upbringing and how it was like living in that type of environment. Yeah. So for me personally, I feel like growing up, I was like in my early years, pretty much raised by like my grandparents, like my parents were Mm -hmm. always working. And I feel like it's a pretty common immigrant experience. Some of my friends, they were actually, they went back to China because their parents were so busy earning money. Um, So I think it's pretty typical to be brought up by like grandparents or another figure. So I spent a lot of time with my grandma growing up and I feel like that really helped me um, improve my Chinese because that was the only way I could communicate with her through speaking Mandarin. And I'm really grateful I had that Mm -hmm. opportunity. Uh, So yeah, I was raised by grandma growing up and that also helped me um, exposed me to more of Asian culture. Like she would always make dumplings, like mm-hmm. traditional Asian food. For- oh, I love God. dumplings so much. Yeah. <laughs> and she was, she's like, Asian grandmas are like the best cooks. I swear to God, they, they know how to cook. And she mm-hmm. would make the best food for me. And that's how I really started to like learn more about my culture through my grandma because she's directly yeah. from, like she grew up in China and everything. So that was a really fun experience. And my parents definitely, um, I feel like there's, it's common for a lot of Asian Americans to have like tiger parents. And I feel like, mm-hmm. like, I, I think my parents are kind of tiger parents, except they have yeah. been loosening up on me a little because I, I am getting older, like teenagers rebelling, mm-hmm. you know. <laughs> so uh, they kind of uh, loosened their grip on me, but like they were definitely really strict growing up. Like you have to have good grades because they really valued, like valued education. A lot of immigrants, I think they kind of view that as like the path to success, like being educated, mm-hmm. having good grades. Um, like uh, I think they that's why it like in a lot of households, especially mine, we really value education. And my parents always promoted that. Um, even though sometimes they kind of went a little overboard, I get it like a strict, um, I still mm-hmm. see like why they do that and why it's so important. Um, but I think yeah. overall, like, even though sometimes they are tiger parents a little bit, I'm still grateful for mm-hmm. um, how they've raised me because they that really helped me um, learn how to like, appreciate all they do for me and motivates me to like study hard in school, do all of that too, because I really want to um, give back for all that they helped me with. And I think that's yeah. that's a pretty common experience for uh, like a lot of my peers and like fellow immigrant mm-hmm. friends. Yeah, I feel like a dream I have is to like to buy my parents a new house or like a new car or something. Um, same as you though, um, my parents um, in my household base, um, they very much value education and they very much value family. Mm-hmm. Um, so those are like the kind of two values that I would say kind of go around in my household. Um, they're definitely strict about education, I would say. But, you know, in some degree, like, you know, I get it. Like I am like I will admit like sometimes I do get annoyed. But like, honestly, I'm extremely grateful for it because um, I would not yeah. be where I am today, you know, like studying and stuff um, without their like kind of not like pressure but like good pressure though because I feel like there's a difference between good pressure and bad pressure um we've kind of learned how to manage that um throughout um like (laughs) me growing up and stuff but you know yeah so glad you mentioned that because like I think that a lot of like Asian um kids um especially people I know they're kind of like oh I hate my mom she like pushes me to like get straight and like I get it but I think there should be like a balance because you know sometimes pressure can be good sometimes it can be bad 
Um, but I think that um, Asian parents, um, I do kind of admire them though, because like education is super important to some degree and you should take it seriously. Because I, you know, a lot of people wouldn't be here today because of their parents and because of how much they push them. Um, so I am kind of grateful for how much my parents um, kind of really pushed me to do my best or whatever. So really grateful for that. Um, I also like wanted to like talk to you about this because I have a lot of friends who say like Asian parents aren't like affectionate or something like Asian parents like don't applaud me for things. I mean, personally, my parents, um, I think they do kind of like acknowledge my like achievements and stuff. But I just kind of wanted to ask you if you had like any like experiences with that topic. Yeah, I definitely resonate with that because I yeah. My parents, they're like growing up, they weren't like the most affectionate. Like they didn't, they didn't really say like I love you that much or like wow, can, you're you're like so smart, right? They, they didn't, <laughs> they, they didn't say that to me much. But I feel like deep down, I always knew that like they loved me and they were proud of me. So I mm-hmm. guess even if they didn't like say it to me directly, which I I don't know why. I feel like maybe that's just how they were raised. Like their parents never did it to them. Yeah. So uh, maybe mm-hmm. that kind of that's why they're not that affectionate towards like us, like their kids. Um, but uh, I feel I still feel like um, I knew deep down that like they really love me, and I think that's what like really matters, just knowing that deep down in yeah. your heart. Yeah, same here. Um, I think that deep down I do know my parents love me, and like within like all the things, like all like you know the pressure to like do good grades and stuff like I know it comes like from love and I do like appreciate that so much um so you did mention your Chinese correct I don't yes wanna, like, I am. Like, okay okay so I was gonna ask you like what is your favorite part of being Asian and like your Chinese heritage personally um I'm Filipino Ooh. I don't know if I look Filipino <laughs> um I'm super proud of my culture and where I come from I used to not yeah. not like not like not appreciated more like I was just kind of like okay I'm Filipino but I think like you know in like in rise of like Asian hate crimes and like you know I've kind of learned to like take pride for where I come from I love my family because they're super close with one another and like I noticed like in like Filipino culture like Rose trying to take care of each other Rose like did you eat lunch did you eat breakfast and like I think that's so cute in my opinion um so I want to just let you share uh, what's your favorite part of being Chinese and having that Asian heritage there are so many parts of the Asian culture that I love, but I feel like yeah. my favorite is probably the food. Like, <laughs> I'm a, oh my god, I was gonna say that. <laughs> I, I already mentioned dumplings before, so you know I'm a foodie, and mm-hmm. I just love the Asian food so much. Like, um, my like whenever my dad he's feeling hungry, he brings us to Asian cuisines around New York City, and even though they're not like the expensive ones, they're like the really authentic, yeah. like local restaurants and like Flushing. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you know, but these are just like the places where I'm from yeah. in New York City. Mm-hmm. And um, we just order like really traditional food from different parts of China because there's like so many different yeah. like, provinces and they all have their like own unique types of like food. Um, and it's just so great to try out all the different flavors of China sort of, that makes yeah. sense. Um, mm-hmm. And there's like spicy food. It's most like mostly they're savory and I just love it so much how th- there are so many meals so much variety and even my parents they try to make it at home like recreate what they eat and it's really fun to also make the food because sometimes I am forced to make dinner um and (laughs) I like even though it's a responsibility I still think it's it's pretty fun to like you know do with my family make these types of dishes Mm -hmm. and then share it at the like table um it's really helps Mm -hmm. us create a bond and um 
I just think food is such an important part of my life and it really brings people together and um it's one of the proudest like things I like most about my culture so I kind of want to like switch topics a little bit um switch it more to your organization because of course that's what we're here to talk about um what is the future of bridging seas well I know you mentioned a pen pal stage up pen pal type of yeah pen pal service okay um you mentioned that um so what would you like to see in the future um for your organization Mm -hmm. so we're definitely always looking to expand uh to different parts of the world and right now we have like brand ambassadors chapter leads so we're Mm -hmm. always trying to bring more Mm -hmm. exposure to our program uh, and partner with more schools globally i think in the future it would also be nice to not just partner with high schoolers because um we primarily are high schoolers ourselves. And so when we're pen polling, we, we, we also want to interact with other high schoolers. I think it'll be cool oh. to also partner with like elementary school students, middle school students, oh, yeah. and maybe also help them with English too. Like that'd be pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Um, and also expanding to different types of Asian people. Cause right now we're pretty focused on like East Asian and South Asian, but I think there are just so many different other like a- types of Asian people we, sure. that we should also be more inclusive and expand to but since we're like pretty mm-hmm. new um that's basically our like target audience so far but we always love love to expand once we like get more exposure to everything so yeah yeah I'm literally so excited for your organization I hope you guys like make it far or something because like you know Asian pride yes. you know I, I haven't really seen like um like too many Asian like accounts I probably just haven't like looked it up or anything but like when you guys reached out I was like oh my god Asian because I read your file and I was like oh my goodness but yeah I hope you guys like branch mm-hmm. out and do whatever you can in the future I would love to see it um everyone make sure to follow them on Instagram yes, at breaking seas yes I'll link it in like the thank you so much yeah, so uh, that's all the questions I actually have for today. Um, I kind of wanted to give you a chance to like say whatever you wanted to say. Um, if like you missed anything or you want to shout out your Instagram again, go ahead, take the floor. Thank you. So I, I think this is just a great like opportunity for everyone to join. Um, if you yeah. even have the slightest interest or if it really resonates with you, you can just try it out. You can always go into our card. We have a lot of different opportunities. Yeah. Uh, basically, <laughs> yeah, so... We, we, you can also start your own chapter. Like right now we have like Korean, mm-hmm. Japanese, um, uh, Sri Lanka outreach. So if you are from a, like a specific uh, part of the world and you want to create your own chapter, you can always reach out to us through our Instagram. And just, this is a great program to make new friends, right? If you're curious about meeting international friends, like I've never met one and this is like the great opportunity to do that. You can always just search up our program and join at Bridging Seas. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Thank you guys so much for tuning in to this episode of the Voice for Teens Project Podcast. Make sure to tune in to the rest of our podcast and make sure to follow us on Instagram to check out more of what we do and to see how you can be more involved.